0: Welcome to episode 31 of the Finger Guns Podcast. We're all back together. Well, kind of. Three out of the four of us are here. My name is Roscoe and I'm joined this week by Mr. Greg Hicks.
1: Hello. Hello. Still feeling a little bit croaky. Still, still, yeah, still a bit on the death. Oh God, I can't even <laughs> finish that word. Yeah, still um, still a bit wheezy. But having a good time nonetheless. Uh, something like that. <laughs> and of course,
2: Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. Oh, he's bright and breezy today. I'm making up for Greg's lack of voice by having twice as much voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. Oh, <laughs>
2: how are you today, Mr. Sean Davies? I am very well. In fact, I've just finished off a large pizza and feeling full of the Ides of March. Is that a good thing? The Ides of March? I mean, are you happy with yourself? I am. I am pretty damn happy with, with how I'm feeling right now. Okay. Well, then we can't complain, can we? No. I was going to say full mad. of beans, but like I am actually full of pizza, so... Have you ever had a baked bean pizza? I have. I used, they used yeah. to do it. Is it like Heinz microwavable yeah, baked yeah, bean yeah. pizzas? Oh, that just sounds horrible. Oh, mate. You never lived until you tried a microwavable baked bean pizza. Oh. <laughs> i tell you what. I am so
0: common. That's... <laughs> uh, coming up next on the Jeremy Carl Show. <laughs> oh,
1: dear. Oh, dear. That's been cancelled now, isn't it? Sorry, sidetrack. Yeah. It has that's yeah, a bad state of affairs when even jeremy Carr gets cancelled <laughs> i
0: can't quite remember what happened with that but it doesn't matter let's move on
1: well we shall crack
0: on as ever with what we've been playing so i mean the last couple of weeks you guys have played a lot of games between yourselves but see if we can narrow it down uh mr greg hicks what have you been playing
1: i since, have been... uh, the last
0: time we've done this
1: oh lots because we're to egx but more sort of predominantly at home. I've been playing Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, which is a uh, my review will be out soon. It's it's a very weird deviation from the normal No More Heroes games. It's a top down sort of hack and slash. It's it's that cross between Gauntlet and Devil May Cry. Very weird, very surreal game. I have been playing lonely mountains downhill which is also on game pass on the xbox it's this crazy well downhill mountain biking game you don't really do much it's not like descenders where you can pull off tricks and flips or anything it's just it's kind of like trials you've got to make your way from the top to the bottom of each course and try to fall off and smack things but it's it's not very forgiving it's a challenge but it's also hilariously fun when you smack into a tree at pace i started playing the outer worlds which is as i'm sure you'll all vouch for is really good it's the sort of continuation from the legacy of fallout new vegas not that world but the degree of a uh, decent game making from obsidian and this may come as probably no surprise to you guys but i bought sekiro again so yes. <laughs> yeah you called it oh uh, sean wins that one yeah he does
2: we we actually went on a on a bit of a bender didn't we like in in london to try and find sekiro at a reasonable price in
1: what we think is the first ever we went to the first ever cex not sex not, no, I'm, not, I'm never calling it sex. It's it's C-E-X. <laughs> which is founded by Charlie Brooker as one of the co... Yeah, uh, yeah I didn't realise that. It's
0: a true story. Annie designed the logo.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry, it's just a random fact that
1: I knew. I used yeah. to work there a few years ago.
2: Okay. Oh. Taking that um... question out of the quiz then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so um yeah that's i've been playing secure again but let's, less about that because i'm i'm in a good place with it at the moment but yeah that's, that's been my week really are
0: you kind of like easing yourself back into it or you i started again the,
1: the boss? I, was, I started, started again. again yeah wow i mean i've still got my other save which is right by the final boss so i'm i've started it again to get some some muscle memory and retain or try and regroup those skills it's been an okay run so far I've not died as many times on the early bosses as I did the first time around. But yeah, I've I'm, I'm decided to finish it. I don't want it to be that game that eluded me. And I know we talked about this before and I went, eh, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, I, I went and bought it again. And I finished Control. Bloody amazing. John, what have you played this week?
2: I played quite a lot too. I've been playing the Children of Mortar, which, okay, I'm going to say this and some people are going to like groan. It's a top-down pixel art roguelike. And I can almost hear everyone like just falling asleep but it is the best and like the roguelike to end all roguelikes because it completely does everything that none of the other roguelikes do. So one of the worst things I hate about roguelikes is the fact that you have to keep repeating the same parts over and over again to get to new stuff because you keep dying and then have to go and retread your old steps or, you know, even if it's like procedural generation, you see the same stuff eventually all over again. But with Children of Mortar, what it does is uh, every time you die, you kind of advance the story a little bit, even if you've not made progress within the dungeons itself. And it's brilliant. Like, you feel like each run matters in the dungeons, which is like, so basically the story is you've this family and you've got to go and get these spirits to come back to stop like a corruption spreading throughout the land. So you start off with two family members and regardless of how well you do in the game, you eventually get more family members and you can unlock more companions shall we say by doing stuff in the dungeons but for the most part the story is told completely separately to the game and it's brilliant like it's such a brilliant idea because it doesn't matter how good you are at the game you can still enjoy the story and because you're constantly getting golden stuff and leveling yourself up it means eventually you will be good enough to beat the game anyway even if you completely suck at the the action part it's it's such a brilliant concept and i've got like the outline of a review which is basically what i'm saying right now but yeah, it is such a great idea. The, the game itself, like the gameplay, is like just really good bread and butter stuff. So it's like top-down action. It's really punishing uh, until you've like leveled yourself up. But every, every run you keep gold, which you can then, then spend on like armor, which increases health and damage. And then you can unlock these rune stones, which like give you temporary buffs and stuff. It's so good. Just go out and buy it, honestly. I'm not, I'm not kidding around when I say this is like the best roguelike I've played in, in years. And i played a lot of roguelikes. If you go onto my reviews, like every other one is a freaking roguelike. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've been playing that. Uh, I've also been playing Mega Aquarium, uh, which my review will be up very soon. I did have most of the review written before I went to EGX. And basically what it is, is it like a tycoon game where you create aquariums and put fish in tanks and try to keep them happy so that people will come and see them. But some fish weren't mixed with other fish. Um, some fish are cold water fish, some fish are uh, hot water fish. Hot, No, warm water fish. You don't want to boil your fish. Um, <laughs> no, nobody wants that. No, um, unless you're in a fish and chip shop, at which point you really want that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this isn't like a fish and chip shop simulator. So basically the idea is to build up tanks, and the game isn't full of these moments where things go wrong. It's not like disaster management, which a lot of these tycoon games do, like, you know, SimCity and that kind of stuff, where you've got, like, tornadoes and stuff coming in and then you have to just deal with the aftermath. This is really, like, tactical. So, and the thing is, the game gives you so many tools to be able to, do, like, really go creative with it. Like, your your everybody's aquariums will look entirely different. Uh, there isn't. It isn't like in Theme Hospital where you've got a like a, a set area that you have to build within. In this, you can just expand whichever way you want. Well, apart that, like three three of the walls, you can just expand. The one where your entryway is, you can't expand. But like you've got as much space as you want, so you can make as many big tanks and fill them with, with whatever you want and, and see if it works. And it's a really nice looking game. It sounds great. M- my only bugbear is that ever since the game launched, I've been hearing this. So when fish are unhappy, there used to be this like sound effect that would like tell you that a fish was unhappy, so you could go and sort it out. But now that sound effect has been like tripled in volume, and it sounds like somebody's breaking a window every time it happens. Mm. And it's really weird that it just started happening after the game launched. I don't know if there was a patch or something, but yeah, that's, that started to occur. I've also been playing Modern Warfare. Not a lot, but I've been playing some Modern Warfare. Nice. And yeah, what a great game that is. At least the multiplayer anyway. The the gun games, the, the two player, you know, two versus two game is like a re- revelation. It is such a good mode. You know, every every other round your games you gun swap, so you don't get like comfortable with one gun, you might end up using something you don't like, then followed by something you do. And it's such a brilliant mode. Top notch like level design. Really, really happy with what I played so far. And by next week I probably will have completed the single player, so I'll be able to tell you about that. What about you? What have you been playing? Awesome.
0: Uh Well, I've also been playing a bit of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Excellent. Um, I, I got to the main menu. Main menu is really exciting. And uh then it crapped out on me. So that's all I've seen of it so far.
2: <laughs> what happened? It was this when the servers were like getting bombarded?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, last night I was like, okay, I'll jump on for like 10 minutes. Maybe do like the opening level of the campaign. And that just didn't happen. The servers were too fried that they wouldn't even let me on the campaign.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah, so did you get to the the whole sign up with your Activision account part? No. Ah, okay. That's probably what's (laughs) happening then. (laughs) Yeah. It was funny last night watching a lot of people try and log on as midnight hit around the world. Like, what the hell's going on? And then just more and more people trying to pile on every hour went by. (laughs) Very funny. But it's like every
0: year this happens. Every single time. And I don't know, it's easy for us to say, well, why don't they just you know, they, they should know or be expectant of the you know, the popularity at this point. But they seemingly aren't. They're never prepared for this. <laughs> it happens <laughs> I, every single year.
2: I don't think it's more to do with I don't think this time it was anything to do with server capacity. I think it was something else. Hence why there's been like this other patch that's come today. I think it's something else has happened, which they didn't expect. And this is the same with Destiny, do you know, like when you know when the Destiny Two Shadow Keep dropped? And the entire thing just crapped out. Yeah, it's, one of the devs was like, "Please stop telling us to turn on seven, ten more servers. This isn't the server issue. This is something else. We are working very fast to figure it out." So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they ever do publicize wh- why the hell their big tentpole game just crapped out on day one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen a lot of Modern Warfare. Hopefully, I'm going to play a little bit more this evening. Um, but what that did mean is I got to play a bit more of the Outer Worlds and gents i don't know if anyone's told you yet but the outer worlds is a video game there's a story there's no no servers that you need to connect to to play the campaign uh there's no multiplayer it's a single player rpg where you go in and there's no bugs everything works perfectly the world looks beautiful and everything is just good and i'm at a loss to wonder why this is such a rare thing because I was playing through the Outer Worlds, and I've got maybe six or seven hours into it so far. I really didn't go to bed last night. I was just stuck playing side quests, but I was very happy to do so because it was a lot of fun. And I just couldn't believe how well this thing was running and how like polished it was. I don't know what the Xbox version is like, but the PS4 Pro version at least is absolutely spot on. And it's just a really entertaining RPG. And I didn't really want to get dropped into an RPG sort of this time of year I wanted to just have something I could quickly jump in and out of but now I'm really sucked into the story and I really like the characters Pavrati one of your companions is a fantastic character perhaps one of the probably one of the best original characters in gaming this year and she's a great uh, she's a great companion to have as you're exploring these different planets and yeah it's really entertaining
1: yeah I'm only like an hour in but yes it's just like oh I'm actually intrigued to play this and you're right hasn't bugged out with me nothing's gone wrong and it just plays like a fun exciting title It's not, I wouldn't say new, I mean, quote-unquote new, because it's a similar kind of premise we have before, but, yeah, it's just, it's refreshing to have a game. Like, you said, it's not broken. I don't have to subscribe to anything. It's just, it's there. I mean, obviously, yes, I'm subscribing to Game Pass, but you know what I mean? I'm not subscribing in-game to anything. I'm not having to buy anything. It's just, there's a game for me. I don't have to get any special pre-order packs for some quests that I'm not going to get. It's just so nice.
0: Yeah, it just feels, it feels quite old-school in that sense, which is a really weird thing to say about, a brand new video game um obviously it does have the fallout sensibilities all over it you can feel it everywhere you go it's got the um uh, like the 1920s kind of art style design there's posters everywhere there's music everywhere it's, that it's very
1: of... it's very bioshock isn't it it's very yes. bioshock meets fallout that like they say that 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 design sort of brass lettering designs of everything isn't it and like the the b-movie spaceships the forbidden planet style spaceships and all that
0: yeah and it's yeah it's great there's a great ai companion that you have on your ship who is uh very entertaining very similar to like hard 3000 with a kind of like very dry wit and very like subtle sarcasm it's really really fun so far I'm, I'm only on my second planet now but yeah it's great i get distracted a lot by side quests especially in edgewater there's so much to do as i started kind of exploring around a bit once i was in the middle of a uh of like the main quest and I decided to run off for a bit and do some other quests and I ended up doing them for like 3 or 4 hours.
1: I just thought the humor was pretty spot on with when you get to the planet and it's like oh you meet my contact and you look down he's like oh I told him to place the beacon not hold the beacon and you've yeah. dropped your pod on him. Yeah. <laughs> oh just I know I know we shouldn't sort of name and shame our colleagues but I'm going to do this now. Uh if you're anyone's wondering why Paul isn't on the podcast tonight we did ask him if he was going to join us and he said he wasn't sure but he's now just texted the group saying he's sorry Drunk in a ditch somewhere. That's why he's not here tonight. My hero! <laughs> what a hero! He's just had a tattoo. <laughs> he's just had a tattoo done today. And the first rule after you had a tattoo is try not to drink too much because try not to keep drink too much. Excessive blood loss. Now I've had a fair few done to know that's a golden rule, really. And uh, obviously, some, no one told Paul that. Yes. So yeah, let's hope he makes it home all right. He's drunk in a ditch somewhere. If anyone finds him, send us a picture to the fingers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice.
0: So yeah, The Outer Worlds is a great cleanser from, like, Call of Duty and Fallout this week. Um, if you're looking for something that actually works and it's a lot of fun, go and play The Outer Worlds. And you don't have to
1: pay 100 quid a year to pay. Yay! But more, more about that in a bit.
0: <laughs> Screw you, Bethesda. We'll talk about that
2: later. Okay, before we move on, I know I know you've been reviewing for Nintendo Life. It's Nintendo Life, isn't it? Is. Yes. Sir. Let's give, it, give, it, give us a quick rundown on the games you've been reviewing there. Because I know you don't talk talk about them you, you try and slip in these like quick quick pitches but honestly I, I'm very interested I read your Oberdin review and I was very impressed thank you like
0: uh, yeah, yeah was... I've been playing uh, Return of the Oberdin for Nintendo Life uh, which is the game that came out on PC last year to massive critical acclaim and it's finally hit Switch PS4 and Xbox One I've been playing the Switch version and yeah it's the most difficult game I've ever played in my life which gave me a lot of determination to really try and finish it. And miraculously, I did in around about 10 or 11 hours. I, I saw a, a, a live stream of some guy, and he did it in four and a half. It was his second playthrough, so he kind of knew what he was doing. So he kind of had all the answers, so he just blatted through it. More like a guide, really, I think, than, a, than just a live playthrough. But yeah, it is tricky as hell. And it is a detective game unlike anything you ever played before. So it starts at the end of the story, and you have to intertwine it all the way back to the very beginning of what happens on this ship, which the Oberdin is a massive ship, a big cargo ship, and it had passengers and it had a massive crew, and they all disappeared in this mysterious moment. And you have to figure out who did what, what happened to the crew, what happened to the passages at any given moment. Where was that person standing when that person got killed? Where was that person? Was that person responsible for that person's death? And was that person responsible for that person's death? Who are the people? We've got this giant picture of people. We don't know who's who, so you need to go and work out who's who from the memories that you walk through. It's an absolute head fuck, but it's so, so well done. It's made by uh, Lucas Pope, who made Papers, Please. So it's got You know, great pedigree behind it. And it's really, really good. I was very proud of myself when I finished it, to be honest. (laughs) It it felt like an absolute mission uh, to do it. I've been playing it for about a week and a half, and it's just really great.
2: I'm definitely going to pick this up. Oh, You've sold me.
0: You'll love it. You'll love it. It's
2: gonna it's gonna rock your world. So the, the one thing that's put me off is the visuals. So I I've seen it in motion and it looked better. But the problem is every time like somebody says you should play this, it looks great, and then they send me a screenshot and I just go, I cannot understand what that is you've just sent me. It's just green and other green.
0: Yes, <laughs> that is a problem. Stills do not do it justice. Absolutely. Right, you have to see it moving, and it all makes sense. There's a there's one flashback where you're caught in the middle of a Kraken attack. And i put a still of it in the review, I think. The pictures on Nintendo Live randomize, so you may not have seen it, but it's just an outstanding piece of art, and you get to walk around it, and you can look at all the just the tiniest bits of detail, which you need to look at anyway in order to solve certain cases. And yeah, it's an extraordinary piece of work, visually. Because yeah, as you say, there's only two colors on screen at any given moment. And so it looks like, it, it looks like a hand... Like a drawing someone just drew a an idea of what they might have seen back then of what it could be like an artist's impression that's what the whole game is and you've just oh, got to okay. you just got to kind of roll with it
2: <laughs> you know no, okay. um
0: when, once you're in there it's fine okay so okay. and you can choose different visual styles as well so you've got ibm commodore uh zenith all different colors and okay. certain colors do make it a little bit easier to see not much but a little bit
2: <laughs> okay because that, that was that was pretty much the only thing putting me off, because the, the game, like, your review was like, I'm definitely sold on this, but freaking hell, it looks like a nightmare to play. But then, you know, if it's better in motion, I'll give it a go.
0: Definitely better in motion. I've also been playing uh, Close to the Sun on Switch, which I can't talk about yet, but my review for that should be live on the 29th, I believe, on the day, that, day it comes out. So, find out about it then, I guess. Nice. Yeah, I... Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much my week. I guess I've been playing a bit of Fortnite Chapter Two. Been a lot of my week actually jumping jumping into there. There was a supercharged XP, uh, like four days of double XP or triple XP. So I took
2: massive advantage of that. Which which and... was the exact time when EGX was on, which is yeah. <laughs> super fucking frustrating.
0: It's it's still Fortnite. I mean. The bullet points are, I won't go on for too long, but the bullet points are the map is different, but not that different. There's daily missions now for you to, like a, a punch card where you can rack up trophies. It's brilliant for XP. I've been racking up the uh, the levels, knocking out all those things. The, the missions are every week now, instead of like just eight, you have to do over a certain period of time, which is also good for XP, but once you've done them all, you have to wait another eight days or whatever it is for more to come along, which is kind of frustrating. The game itself... I don't know about you, Sean, but I'm suddenly really good at it. And there must be a reason.
2: Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. Now, I've, I've done a little bit, bit of digging on this because I think we both came to the conclusion that there was a ton of bots in it. Absolutely, yeah. Now, I killed somebody who I swore was a bot. And I was like, okay, I remembered their username. And I went to onto the Epic site to find them and send them a friend request to see if they were real. And they are real. But they were playing on mobile. And the first time that I logged into chapter two, it said to me, Do you want to activate crossplay? Now, I'd not put that on ever before. And I'm not sure sh- did you ever put that on?
0: I kind of jumped out of Fortnite when it was live, when it started. So this was the first time I'd seen it.
2: So I get the feeling that now I like I said, I was convinced, like when me me and you were playing it and there was like people standing there and just building a wall in front of it and then just standing there and not doing anything, or they were shooting once and not really (laughs) doing anything I was 100% convinced that the game was now full of bots and Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out there are now bots in the game but I think it's more to do with the fact that chapter 2 kind of forced crossplay it didn't force them, it was just like a a question, do you want to uh, activate crossplay, and because there's so many kids playing it on mobile I think it's, you know, obviously more difficult to control in mobile. So I think it's just the fact that we've got a a massive advantage to quite a lot of players on the game. I hope that's the case anyway.
0: You see, I don't think that, I think it is bots. Because I can spot them now a mile away. They put up one wall and then they walk around it. And then they duck. Then they stand up and they kind of like shuffle around a bit. And then you shoot them and then they're gone. And then it just repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. The mobile version of Fortnite, much like the mobile version of PUBG, is full of bots. The same way that the Call of Duty oh, mobile game is. okay. And so, you might be right in that, but they could be shifting from mobile over to these cross-play matches.
2: Fair enough. So, so maybe, maybe the one guy I shot was actually real. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I remember him being incredibly poor at the game and just thought, yeah. there is no way that any human... Because, like, yeah... They, they didn't shoot me, despite the fact that they were overlooking me for a long time and then didn't do anything. And do you know you can hear foot, footsteps? Yeah. And every time that happens in Fortnite, you end up having, like, a little chasing session where you run around the house to try and find out who it was. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just kind of stood there and did, didn't do anything. Yeah. Like they didn't react to my presence at all, so I don't know.
0: There's something up with it, because I'm, I'm averaging, like, eight kills or eight, nine kills a game, and it's like, that just didn't happen before.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, getting one kill was, like... Uh, a, a big thing. Yeah, that was a good match. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm honestly wondering if, if like this is something to try and like calm the matter of the game. So do you know how like we had a, a tilted towers where literally everybody dropped on tilted towers, you know, you know, a game would start, you'd have a hundred players and within five minutes you'd be down to 30 because every, like half of the, the team would drop in to tilted towers. I'm just wondering if this is like some kind of way that Epic have included bots to try and, Spread out the play a bit more. It's maybe. very
0: possible, but it's just, it's just. I wish they wouldn't be so obvious with it, <laughs> because at yeah. this point it's like, okay, well, I've got, I've got eight kills, but they were just walking into a wall the whole time.
2: It doesn't feel earned, you know. But for, I mean, for the for the target market for
1: so this podcast then. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't play Fortnite, so this is pouring the tits off of me. <laughs> you Fine. don't want to play? You don't want to play Chapter Two with us? Oh, I don't give a shit about Fortnite. I really don't. Have you played it? I've played it. I've tried it, and, and you didn't. You didn't this go was, with it. This was the same reason I don't like Marmite. Tried it once. I mean,
2: wow. Well, okay. Thanks. Have you tried any of the Battle Royals?
1: Yeah, I've read the book and I've seen the film quite a few times. <laughs> Second yeah. one was awful.
2: I'm really into the Girl on Fire myself. That was the best Battle Royale. Yeah, Mockingjay was better than Battle Royale. To <laughs> be
0: honest. Uh, uh, anyway, it is now time for Sean's Fortnite trivia challenge. <laughs>
2: 40 questions all about fortnite are you guys right, ready chapter two let's go oh
1: it's just gonna become the sean and ross podcast <laughs>
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the most exhilarating most exciting most electrifying video game quiz in all the world hosting the finger guns trivia challenge lock up your daughters hold on to your and go absolutely uptown funkatron for the smoothest can in the entire podcast cosmos it's the knowledge himself mr sean david <laughs>
2: <laughs> OK, are you guys are you guys ready for a quiz? We are back with the quiz yes Hey it's been a long time. it's like has it been like four weeks or something like that anyway it's been it's been a long time um this quiz is entirely based on video game trivia it's there's no, no. Theme, just just totally random questions um and so yeah if you've not played this before I'm gonna I'm gonna read the questions now. Um, we'll give out the answers towards the end of the podcast. We'll find out who won between Ross and Greg. Ross is currently out way in front um, with ten wins, but yeah, Greg. I won for a
0: while,
2: though. No, Greg. Greg has been has been eking it back, and Paul won one. Which you know, I mean, he's he's won four in total now. Both yeah. Greg and Paul have, have won four. But That's like,
1: I thought I was. I thought I was one. At- oh, no, yeah, oh. you're
2: you're on five now, aren't you? Sorry, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because last the last one I won was totally biased.
2: <laughs> okay. So it totally let, was. <laughs> let's let's kick this off um, with question one. A nice one to ease you in. What colour are Luigi's eyes? <laughs> what? <laughs> question one. What colour are Luigi's eyes? I know you both gazed into them longingly.
1: <laughs> okay, I,
0: I just unlocked Luigi on Mario Kart Tour. I was watching uh, the
1: trailer for um, Luigi's Mansion 3 earlier, so I'm hope I'm just trying to like get the flash of inspiration now.
0: Ah, such Greg bias again.
1: Really what? Because I watched the trailer. Because <laughs> I subconsciously watched the trailer earlier on a YouTube advert.
2: I mean, I, I've tried to balance this quiz out between all three of you, and um, so so some of the questions might be too Paul-centric for both of you, but we'll see. Okay, so question two. Uh, which video game trilogy had games set in the fictional cities of Empire City and Numeray, and a third game set in Seattle? The question two was, which video game trilogy had games set in the fictional cities of Empire City and New Marais and a third game set in Seattle? Okay, question three. In the game Earthbound, who do you have to call? From any telephone in the game, in order to save the game.
1: Or well, Mother, is it known in Japan? But I don't know the answer to that question.
2: <clears throat> well, no, the first one's definitely called Earthbound Beginnings. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, it's Mother 3, isn't it? Or something like that? Yeah. It's the third one that never came out over here or something it's stupid like that. Yeah. Although, I think you can get it. Is it on
2: the Mega Drive Classic thing? Oh, it could be. Um, edit. Question three. In the game Earthbound, who do you have to call from any telephone in the game in order to save the game? Okay, question four. Announced in May 2019, a new Earthworm Jim game will be launching next year exclusively for which console?
1: Oh, shit. Um... Oh, it's for that
0: bloody... Bloody, bloody thing, isn't it? Bloody, bloody, bloody thing.
1: Do you want the name name of the whole console? Like, the whole name of the console.
2: Oh, I do, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, question four. Announced in May 2019, a new Earthworm Jim game will be launching next year exclusively for which console? This
0: is outrageous. I'm so angry about this. Yeah, it's a bit of a
1: fucking shot in the foot, really, isn't it? Isn't it?
2: Yeah. Only only we talked about it as GGX, and I know that I've sent links to Ross about it too, so...
1: I can't remember the name of the console, the, hot, <laughs> the full name, that's the annoying thing. I think I know who makes it. I can't remember the name of the wanky console that's going on.
0: Oh, what a terrible shame.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, Lord Formtool Roy, that sounded really... Oh, <laughs> oh yes. A terrible fate has befallen you? That's What I was going mm-hmm. for, thank you, Rafa. Right like, like a camp version of the moon from Majora's Mask. Not the moon, that... the happy mask guy. That's what I have been called in bed before. What, well, the happy mask
0: guy? Yeah, the happy moon guy from Majora's Mask.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving on. What, well, as you terribly <laughs> impose your face over um... <laughs> three days onto someone? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Door to the, the first day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Play the soccer time! Play the soccer time! Play the song of time! <laughs> <laughs> I wanna rewind! I wanna rewind
0: <laughs>
1: That's not a moon! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it could be worse, we could be singing the biscuit songs again. Um no, no, this is far worse. <laughs> Imagining... you well, your um... roster singing um, behind blue eyes to you as his face is getting closer and closer. <laughs> okay, that's... that's weird. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Sorry. Right. Oh, my ailments.
0: No one knows what it's
2: like. Oh, fucking you know it's gone off the rails again. <laughs> <laughs> right, question five. Oh, According the to the here. Guinness Book of Records, book. what is the book?
1: Guinness. Fuck. <laughs> 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 he's <laughs> gone native.
0: The Guinness Booms of Records.
1: <laughs> okay. He's, he's gone native. Question again. five. All right, all right, Duck. Question five.
2: Okay. According to the Guinness Book of Records, what is the most highly acclaimed game to release on the PlayStation 2? Got there in the end.
1: Hey, well done, Pet.
2: Uh, so, question five: According to the Guinness Book of Records, what is the most highly <laughs> acclaimed game to release on the PS2?
1: Is that B E W K? Book. How are you not? How are you not ill from that fucking hotel room? <coughs> um, oh, is it because you're a northerner and you're used to the damp cold? Yeah,
2: up here it's it's constant like that. <laughs>
1: Okay. The black, black lungs from working at mine. I got that asbestos coating. <laughs> I have four days in the big city, and I'm like, <laughs>
0: "Hey, I'm terribly, terribly ill." Hey, mother! Back to my back to my flannel.
1: Back to the countryside. <laughs>
2: right. Uh, what question? Question six. six? Question six. six. Question six. What was Minecraft called while it was in
1: development? Buildy blocky smash smash. I don't know.
2: Ooh, so close. Question six. What was Minecraft called while it was in development? How is that so close? wasn't anyway. And, and so wasn't cool. it. At all. Okay. Um, question seven. What is the name of the player controlled character in the upcoming Cyberpunk 2077?
1: What? Complete with uh, T posing NPCs.
2: (laughs) Okay, question seven. What is the name of the player controlled character in the upcoming Cyberpunk 2077? Sorry, what character? Player-controlled character. Oh, okay. Sorry. Question eight. Axel Stone, Blaze Fielding, and Adam Hunter are all characters from which video game series? Question eight. Axel Stone... Blaze Fielding and Adam Hunter are all characters from which video game series? Question 9 What was the name of the very first game to be developed by Valve Corporation? Question nine: What was the name of the very first game to be developed by Valve?
0: Sounds like a trick, but I'm going to
2: just. You don't think yes. i would try and throw you off the scent, would you, Roscoe? No, doesn't <laughs> sound like you. Oh, sh- tell you what, you've got such a bad opinion of me. Oh, I really don't. I want your babies. <laughs> what? No, he's having. <laughs> You can you can have a couple if you want. <laughs> I've got hey, enough dog,
1: to go spare. <laughs> he says he wants your babies, he just wants some children to look after. <laughs> it's not weird.
2: Uh, wow, that's... His entire Lego collection will be totally smashed. Yeah, no
0: no child is ever entering my house.
2: Willingly. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> I thought better have it. Thanks, Greg. Um, Okay, question 10. Last question. Savage Starlight is a comic book that can be found lying around in which iconic video game? Book. Book. Savage Starlight is a comic book that can be found lying around in which iconic video game?
1: Uh, Right, I'm texting myself the answers, so I cannot make any more changes.
0: Is it not in a variety of them from the same developer. Because nice. I'm sure that it's it it was brought up in a certain game about being the final people around and also a game about where people haven't gone before.
2: Okay. One is a comic book and the other was a poster. Oh for fuck's sake.
0: Meh. So you, you want the comic?
2: I want the comic book. Okay. And that was your lot. All right. Thank you very much indeed, Sean. It's a pleasure as
0: always. Do let us know how you got on on this week's quiz. Right then. Now, last week you may have noticed we put up. A few more podcasts than we normally do. Normally one a week. Last week, he got five of the darn things. And it was a very exciting time because Sean and Greg went all the way to London town to EGX 2019. So, I guess as a uh, kind of a post-mortem, I want to talk to you guys about the event. Did you enjoy it? How, how was it different from uh, being back in London to the glory days, as we're going to call them now, as uh, so when they were in Birmingham? Sean? Any major differences, EGX 2019 as a
2: whole, how did you find it? So, I bitched and moaned a ton when it moved back to London. Yeah, me because, too. Because, yeah, you know, how, how for, for Midlanders like myself, not Northerners like you consider me, but Midlanders, it is okay. literally, it is it is a jolt down the motorway and it's, you know, less than an hour away in the car. And I was a bit gutted when it went to London, but I'll be honest, the venue it's like so much better. That, that's primarily because the transport there is a piece of piss. Like, you can just go on the DLR, the D, yeah, DLR, DLR yeah. the Docklands Light Railway, and um, be there, you know, from any tube station you can get there to. And the actual place itself, so one of the things that's always kind of wound me up about when it was in Birmingham is the fact that the food choices were like whatever was inside the show, or Weatherspoons or that little, you know, pick-and-mix shop outside at um, the XL Arena, they had all of the shops open. So it was like Subway, there was Chosan noodles, which was like the the goat of all time food because I was so hungover. Literally the best noodles I've ever tasted and I had two cups. There was like so much variety there. And, you know, they, they kind of accustomed for the like increasing numbers because like it was during dinner time hours, it was like rammed. But at any other time, you could just go and get whatever you wanted and from anywhere in, in the main hall, like the main corridor, and it was spot on. And, you know, it's a gaming podcast, but I'm going to talk about the food because I'm a, like I'm a fat guy who likes my food. So, yeah, the the, the venue-wise, so much better. And, like, access accessibility was, like, great. So there was, like, two entrances either side. So there was, like, you weren't all trying to cram through the same door. It was just genuinely a better venue. And I hate to say that because I really want it to be somewhere that's closer to home. But, yeah, it worked out. It really did.
0: Awesome. That's really cool. Greg, how did you find uh, the XL in comparison
1: yeah, to Birmingham? Um... fine. Um, I've been to the XL before for Comic-Con, so I wasn't a complete stranger to it. And of course, I only went to EGX in Birmingham once, and that was with you guys last year. So I don't really have that sort of, uh, you know, treasured memory of it being in Birmingham enough to me to piss and moan about it being in London. Uh, for me, it was probably easy to get to London, just through sort of cheap travel and all that. Although saying that, As I've said earlier, our cheap hotel was fucking disgusting. Hence why I've got this horrible, damp, chesty infection thing going on. But otherwise, yeah, I can't complain. I mean, there was quite a lot to do, and it was quite big. It was all in the the South Halls. Pretty much the entire South Halls of the XL. Quite a long walking distance. I think if I had a pedometer on, I would have walked quite a few miles. Good layout. I mean, nothing was ever too cramped. Nothing was ever too loud over anything, which was good. Um, uh, Yeah, I had a bit of a shitty experience going back to food. Bit of a shitty experience on one of their own set up bars in there where I paid 14 quid for a burger and a pint. And when I queried it, when he put my card through, I said, I thought a burger was, you know, six pounds. He went, No, no, that's the meal deal. I went, So what's the burger then? He went, Oh, it's like eight pounds fifty. I was like, Well, on its own. And he went, mm, Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. I was like, What did no one tell about the deal? And he went, I don't no, I don't make the prices up. Cool, cheers, buddy. But yeah, I'd, I'd do it again next year. I'd do Birmingham. I don't mind, you know. So yeah, I have no preference. I was just running around like a kid at Christmas because I was. Although or a, in, the, downside with having a, the downside with having a badge is a content creator. People go going like, oh, what do you do then? Are you, are you a YouTuber? I'm like, no, nah, I do reviews. And they go, well, I do like writing and podcast stuff. And they go, oh. I thought, yeah, I'm not going to come in running in and go, yeah, it's your boy, Greg. Bro. Let's be really loud. Pick up your game. And I was like, no. I'm just Hey, gonna, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Like a subscribe, bitch. Bro. And I throw their monitor on the floor. No, I just said, I'm going to sit and play it. And they went, all right, cool. I thought, no, there's no hidden camera. I'm not live streaming this now. <laughs>
2: you're
0: only supposed to do that in bathrooms, aren't you, if you're a content creator
1: yeah, then get away with it without absolutely no fucking consequence. Like, that absolute prick yeah. Dr. Disrespect does. Yeah. Which, oh, I think, is just ludicrous, but it just goes to show that people like him, the Pauls, all sorts... Not our Paul, I mean, like, the Jake and Logan Paul, they get away with all kinds of shit. And they just put out a half-assed, you know, sorry, didn't know the rules, lol, and they get away with no, it. No,
2: no, They don't say sorry, they say, I'm sorry if you got offended.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never apologise
2: for anything, that's what they
1: yeah. do. So, you know, as a show, I absolutely rated it it was great fun awesome how heavy was cloud's sword seven kilos huh and that's not because i'm just really good at measuring weights like rain man it's just <laughs> it's it's on the sign saying this is seven kilo and it's funny because you think that's nothing i've got a 16 kilo kettlebell on my bedroom like swing around on a regular basis until he <laughs> until he's like well you're right or left-handed i went right oh, right-handed I was like, all right, cool. So he stuck my right hand out and I grabbed it. And I thought, oh, it's, yeah, it's quite a nice, quite a nice weight. And he went, right, let me just lower it in your shoulder. And of course, it's tall, isn't it? So all the weight through most of it. So I put it on my shoulder and I was like, oh, anyway, yeah, everyone does that. Like, yeah. And he was like, no <laughs> spinning it. I'm like, oh, you're not allowed to do the victory pose. You know, the victory spin. Da, 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 yeah. da, da, da. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to try that, mate.
2: Okay. Do you think I think
0: someone, someone tried that first and it was like, oh, that was a mistake another well, day. Um, i'm sure
1: someone did
2: so, somebody, somebody tried it on the last day and they broke the sword well oh, i didn't know that yeah so the last day like the sunday everyone was getting pictures but they were only allowed to come and stand next to the sword oh. <laughs> so the last day you've just got a load of really disappointing looking people <laughs> unable to pull off the victory
1: pose <laughs> oh, i didn't realize that That's cool yeah so um, yeah deceptively weighty seven kilos No, oh, okay but, I, was uh, just, yeah. I was
0: just curious i've seen a lot of people with uh pictures with the sword and i was wondering if it was like just like styrofoam or it was actually no
1: no it was i, it, I, I couldn't it. tell you if it was like solid metal or anything but it was um yeah, it had some weight to it and i think at uh... one point the guy that was holding it because he had a like a playstation right was taking everyone's photos i think he went to try and do you know like i used the joker for example when people try doing the sign spinning i think at one point i, I kind of clocked him out the corner of my eye we had it lengthways in his arms he, try, he was gonna try and spin it like a board like do like a like a like a kickflip essentially in his hands with it and i don't think he misjudged it and caught it it was like oh no one saw that no one saw that <laughs> i was like oh, i did uh and...
0: now it's on a podcast forever yeah You're
1: like, there you like they want to
0: see uh greg's picture with the sword it is now his profile picture on twitter
1: it's, it is yes and i'm very happy because 20 well how old was i 20 years ago and 13 year old me was like yay And 33 year old me after playing the demo was like
0: yay so yeah happy greg on thursday morning
1: Oh yeah, oh, we already mentioned in the podcast, didn't we? That I'm probably one of the first people in the UK public to have played it. Woo! Yeah, alright. Yeah, I know. Considering I wasn't even out on board with it in the first place. Yeah, Yeah, but you're not though, are you? Not the pricing model. Anyway, other games.
0: <laughs> so, if you look back on it, what do you think was the best game you played there?
1: Uh, It's, it's a beat-em-up. I think the game that I really got addicted to... That I went back and played a few times. Because obviously Sean was with me. My friend Martin came down for one day from Cambridge. And even I played against the Reps as well. It was a fighting game called Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. And I know we've mentioned it already. I'm just saying if no one's listened to the other ones as well. Yeah, it's made by the art system, guys. So Dragon Ball Fighters and that. I, I got really addicted to it. I just fell in love with the art style to it. So that was good. Streets of Rage 4, I think. it's close second. Cool. And of course, Final Fantasy 7, which was just phenomenal. Didn't know what nice. to expect. Had Went in with doubts. Yep, completely wrong. Amazing.
0: Awesome. Uh, Sean, top three, do you think?
2: I think Doom Eternal is probably up there. That demo was really badass. And I mentioned this, I don't know if I actually mentioned this on the last podcast, but the, the meat hook shotgun is going to be like the most enjoyable shotgun. I think it's going to be the best shotgun in gaming once that game releases because it was so damn fun to play. It's the, the shotgun with like a hook that you can fire when you aim. So you can basically hook onto any enemy and then just drag yourself towards them while in the air or on the floor, and then just jib them when you get close enough. It was so nice. good.
1: I think Journey to the Savage Planet, which... Aye, uh, yeah, that, was, that was good fun. I think that's going to get overshadowed by the Outer Worlds now, but if that comes out late enough down the line that everyone's finished Outer Worlds, that could really capitalise on the end of that. Yeah. That was, I, that was good fun. I think it's dropping that's in. The game, uh, that's the game I was thinking of when I started playing Outer Worlds. I was like, oh, it's got that cutesy aesthetic, just like that game what we played, and like, I can remember what it was called.
2: yeah it's it's got this so like the the humor in this game like i after coming back i'm I'm sitting there i just start remembering just little bits so at the start of the game the the uh, like sarcastic ai asks you to fill out the survey and you sit down on the computer and there's this progress bar that pops up and the progress bar fills up about halfway and then drops down again then fills up a bit more and then drops down again. And then it starts flickering and going all weird. But it was just like one of these things that like, it. it's just a really funny game. Like everything about the game, the demo we played was like super funny in a not shitty Rick and Morty way. It was just like really sarcastic and dry. And there was like really cute aliens, but you just got to massacre them. And it was <laughs> <laughs> just really, really good fun. Other game, I mean, like the uh, Murder and Malone Manor was probably the most the one i'm most excited about now because that like the single player demo i played was was decent enough but what they the concept they've got for the multiplayer so basically you play in a, a mansion and one of you's killed somebody but everyone has to find clues based upon your uh, occupation and then everyone gets to guess based on all of the clues that are collected as a, like a cumulative team and as the murderer you can like play cards like uh, introduce more hints to for, for a different character that people can find, so it's it's just looks it looks like a really good concept, and I'm I'm quite looking forward to that one. But to be honest with you, like the game selection this year was freaking amazing.
0: Yeah, you're um. There's a podcast which encapsulates all three of the uh, mini podcasts that Sean and Greg did, and it's just primarily you talking about every game you played, and you liked more or less all of them.
2: Yeah, I think the great thing with 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 EGX is the fact that like there is so much to play that you re- don't really you. D- like, you don't have time to sit down and play stuff you're not really interested in. And to be honest with you, there was that much stuff that I was interested in that I didn't get to play Some like, I didn't get to play uh, Snap Elite 4. Sorry, n- not Sniper Elite 4, the uh, Zombie Army 4. Now, I really wanted to play that demo. I know that Greg did. But, like, I-, I wanted to play the demo, and on the Saturday when we were back, the queue was that massive that I was like, ah, oh, this is just, like, wasted time. But in the time, I, I could have stood in that queue. I played, like, six games, so you know, and I'm I'm not regretting that time, but like yeah. the the, the place was packed to the gills with good games, and I think people people like I've seen a lot of people saying they were disappointed with this year uh, because there was no like huge big AAA you know experiences there, and I think to myself, what what like <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake was there, Doom. Doom was there,
1: The Avengers was there,
2: The Avengers was there, Cyberpunk was there. You're like, what, what more do you want? Mm. Like, was there a
0: game there? I know you said you didn't have a lot of time to play stuff you didn't already want to play, but was there a game there that you hadn't heard of that you came away quite excited to play?
1: Yeah, or... for me, it was the Granblue one. Right, yeah.
2: and I'd, I'd kind of done my homework, so like I didn't want to go, so I'd, I'd researched into a lot of the games that were there. I think Stargrave Reapers was the one that kind of took me by surprise, so Spilt Milk hadn't announced their game until the start of EGX. They kind of just got a, a mystery stand and they did this a couple of years ago. I think it was Tango Fiesta that they unveiled at EGX a couple of years back. Um, but this, it's basically... Uh, <laughs> what is um, going on behind you, man? <laughs> uh, the, the guinea pigs have, have just had like a big dose of greenery. I'm sorry. It's,
0: it's okay. It's just, it sounds like they're starting a war or something.
2: No, no. I, I'm just going to give you a quick, quick uh, aside here. Apparently that's called rumble strutting, where one of them is trying to assert dominance over the food and tries to get the first nibbles. Guinea pigs have got crazy terms, man. Like... They when they jump around it's called popcorning. Like right. as if a pop if a popcorn kernel's just gone off. Anyway, back to the games. Yeah. Star uh, <laughs> Grave Reaper. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the screen kid. Um <laughs> Yeah, Grave Reapers was like the biggest surprise. Because uh, I didn't know it was gonna be there. And um the game like I can't say what the developers said about the game because I don't really want to put them on, on blast. mm mm-hmm because they said, like, you know, this is what our plans are. But, you know, I've I've majorly messed up in the past where I've written about a game and said, this is what a developer's told us. And then they're like, you're not supposed to tell anyone that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Remember, it? Was, it, was it Radial G? And, like, they, the developer said to us, yeah, yeah, we're coming to PSVR. And we wrote, oh, yeah, it's coming to PSVR. And they were like, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, gents? Please, please don't put that. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't supposed to tell you that, sorry, stop. But yeah, great show. Great show and all.
0: Awesome. Now, I'm going to assume, you know, you two are, you know, we're all close friends here on the Thinking Guns podcast. I'm just going to assume that Shenmue 3 was rammed all weekend long, and that's
1: why you couldn't get on for me. It wasn't. There wasn't wasn't a playable Shenmue 3 there.
0: There was! It was on the thing!
1: No, they were doing a live, they were doing a show of it at 6 o'clock on Saturday, or Friday. There wasn't a playable Shenmue 3 there. Dun dun dun! Man, my whole world has got shattered. Yeah, otherwise we would have made a real big point of ignoring it.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, we'd have taken a lot of pictures right next to the booth <laughs> to send to you to say this is how close we are to playing Shenmue Three. But we didn't. Oh, I really thought it was there. I'm sure I read that it was. <laughs> no, anyway. no. I guess I guess the fact that there's you know there's a playable PC demo to everyone that
1: like back to, to that level out there right now.
0: Okay. So EGX 2019, big success.
1: Yes, thumbs up That's from finger guns up from finger guns
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah if you have listened to any of our EGS coverage or read any of it thank you very much indeed we saw a uh, bit of a spike last week on our coverage uh, which was hugely appreciated so thank you very much indeed if you did pay attention and thanks to Sean and Greg for recording a nightly podcast for us it's
1: great because you can just tell the rapid decline of my health as it goes along yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm sat in a pressure chamber when the auction's going out I'm just like yeah suddenly blah,
2: blah, blah, blah. yeah <laughs>
0: Yep. Yeah, particularly on the uh, the complete
1: recap. Oh yeah, so I mean, you can just tell. <laughs> Day one.
0: Hi everyone, it's Greg. Yeah, I'm really excited about EGX. It was great. Last one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody help me. But uh, yeah, oh that's awesome, guys. I'm very very glad. And it looks like there's a lot to get excited about, including a game called Boundary, which Greg played even before EGX. Now I don't know how much you can say. I know you've got an article incoming about it but i wanted to get some opinions on it because you did go to what was it
1: yuki it was yuki headquarters yeah
0: yeah to play boundary uh which is a space-based first-person shooter what can you say about it
1: it's phenomenal it's i had a sort of interview conversation thing with frank mingbo lee uh who's the technical director who his background is lots of sort of physics engines based games so he's this is like a passion project for him and his team surgical scale I didn't catch the name of the other two guys with him, but they were lovely. They were part of the dev team as well. It was more of like a—it wasn't so much a formal interview. But it was just a discussion with them, sort of chatting away, giving me a chance to play it, test out some of the build. Uh, sorry, the character layouts and that. His his main focus is he wanted it to be in space because it's—he was saying it's great. You know, you can have object manipulation and you know the free floating aspect of a of a sort of space shooter. But he wants it to be sort of grounded weaponry. So. Not like laser beams, laser swords, you know, like the the Borderlands, the Halos, the Destinies. He said that's all been done. But they said they wanted to get away from the... They wanted to make an actual realistic shooter, but not boring. Because Call of Duty claims to be realistic, and then it's not. And then you, you have Battlefield trying to make things realistic. And you have people taking out planes, throwing grenades behind them off of horses. So he wanted to do it in space, but a more realistic space sort of shooter. And for the most part, they've absolutely succeeded. It it play, I mean, obviously, I was playing like an alpha version, so you know, there's a few bugs here and there, but um, it was phenomenal. It was it, it controls like sort of like you're thinking of a game with a helicopter in it, or like bit like Ace Combat without the flight. Uh, Gee,
0: please. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, Ace Combat. Yeah, you can you can sort of like barrel roll and pitch in your with the triggers, and you don't have a jump or a crouch. You've got you know elevation. And descending. So there's no cover system, as you would expect. There's no putting crouching around a box if someone can float above you and shoot down on you. But it it's because I made the comparison to what Lawbreakers tried to do, but obviously failed. And I said, yeah, but with Lawbreakers, it was you had to go back to the ground, so you could jump and then flight fling yourself across the arena, but you eventually had to land on something. Whereas Boundary, you don't. You can just you got a grappling hook with some classes. You can attach onto something you can detach so if you you angle it right so you can't change your trajectory when you're on a grappling hook but if you're sort of strafing and you hook something you'll continue that kind of inertia that direction so you can sort of fling yourself around something and then use your boost your your EVA suit which is your uh, your big jetpack when I say jetpack I don't mean like the Dark Void style jetpack where it's like a flight suit it's literally yeah the Rocketeer yeah it's just a, a boosting unit like an assist so think more of the film like Gravity you know where they tried to be Serious, gotcha. so it's it's that, but the the realistic style Weapon. I don't want to say like you've got AKs, but you've got like bolt action rifles and machine guns that fire. And obviously, your first thought is how a bullet's going to fire in space. They were saying that we haven't done the exact science, but there is enough evidence to suggest that like you know the combustion, uh, the explosive is enough to push a bullet. If there's no gravity, it's not going to cause any bullet drop. And I was like, all right. And they were like, no, no, we we don't know the science, but you know, just go with this on this. I was like, all right, yeah, fine, fine. So. It's it's realistic earth based weapons in a sort of free floating situation, uh, and you, you're flying around sort of space stations. and It's primarily outside. You can go into the ruins of some of them, and you can shoot some panels that are destructible. But it's it's primarily outer, like fighting on the outside of these space stations. And there's like, there's there's ones that look small, like the ISS, yeah, you know, your standard NASA style one, like with a tube and two solar panels. And then there's one that's like a solar farm. So it's like a big bowl made up of many bold dishes. So that's going to be your big arena style one. You've got your, your corridor smaller stars. Obviously, you can't go too far out because, you know, you're going to drift off. And if, if you if you sort of leave the area, it alerts people where you are. So you've got to keep it tight. But uh, as, a, as a concept, I remember seeing the trailer and going, oh, that's ambitious. How are they going to do that? And then having the invite to go and play it, and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually impressive. And seeing it at EGX as well, I've been basically telling everyone to go and play. Any any rep that I was sort of talking to, and you know, they were saying, you know, I might go and play this. I'm like, go and play Boundary. It's great fun. And it did, it did slow off slowly, but it picked up quite a lot of traction on the booth, and it was good to see people playing it. Talking to Aiden, who's the rep from there, and they said that people didn't really have any criticisms. Their only, their only feedback was, what was he saying, Sean? Oh, it was additions, wasn't it? Like, oh, it could do with this, it could do with that but yeah, nobody was... came no nobody came away going oh it's terrible what a stupid concept
2: yeah there was like a wish list weren't one there? yeah I mean. yeah
1: because i remember i asked them with the grappling hook can you grapple onto somebody and melee them in the face and they were like no we're going to implement that and they're going to implement some obviously newer weapons newer classes six six classes when i was playing the demo like the operators are over six so more classes more weapon classes that kind of thing but as a concept for a game and as and as and as a new style of shooter I really want it to do well. I want oh, people nice. to drift away from... I know Cold and Battlefield are the two big forerunners, but I really want people to go, hang on, let's, let's have a chance on this. It took me a while to get... Because there's no... You know like when you're shooting in a normal game, you've got the the recoil and your aim goes up, doesn't it? You know like when you're firing a machine gun and you have to keep yeah, the yeah. cursor down? Yeah. We well, don't have to do that in space because it's not blasting your arm upwards. Or you can do the upside down, for example, so you can... If you're flipped up the other around, you can, you can utilize that sort of slight bounce. So if you're upside down, you're not shooting for the torso, going towards the head. You're sort of shooting towards the head and missing and going down towards the body because you're floating upside down. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. That way you, you sort of incorporate that instead of trying to stick to what you know. And same with the cover shooting as well. You know, it's it's getting out of the habit of trying to hide behind something because someone can just float under the space station and come up behind you. Yeah. Uh, and I was trying to, at one point, I was trying to shoot one of the dev team guys I think I said this on the podcast as well. I was trying to, like, barrel roll and shoot him, and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to go for one of those highlight reel style, you know, like Homer when he's spinning towards the crisp in the episode, in the Simpsons episode where he's in space. I was trying to do that. I was trying to shoot him while was barrel rolling. Can you imagine how many highlight reel kills that's going to, you know, look, someone's done a, not a 360 no scope, but someone's done, like, a full-on 1080 barrel rolling rocket launch boost headshot thing.
2: Yeah. You were the only person to shoot themselves shoot in, the
1: in the face. with my own rocket. <laughs> <laughs> one of the packs has like a homing rocket sort of support weapon. A bit like the Noob Tube, you know, it's like a, it's a directional button equipped. But it's not like your traditional homing rocket where it will lock on and then you fire it. You have to set a separate beacon, like an enemy radar type thing. Otherwise it doesn't pick anyone up. You have to utilize the two. But at one point I didn't realize that. So I fired the rocket and it's got like a delay thing. So like, like in, like in, um in fighter planes you know they drop the rocket and then it goes like a, a second later Will the rockets in in this do it as well i presume so they don't launch and then the burn doesn't hit your suit but yeah so i fired it it just kind of went Bump, and was floating there okay right so like a solid turd in a, in a in an ocean it was just floating there in space so i went around in front of it Boom! And, and they were like wow no one's done that yet and i was like well <laughs> i want to see if it what would happen <laughs>
2: Uh, you've you've basically given the devs something to think about there, are not you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't
0: think you're supposed to be able to shoot yourself in the face with a rocket. Yeah. Well, you wanted to see what would happen, and you
1: found yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. You know, some people just want to see the world burn. I just want to see what would happen if my slow-moving rocket hit me. I was kind of hoping. I mean, imagine like most rockets, it's got like a tip where you know you press it in, it detonates. I was kind of hoping it would go so slowly it would just kind of go off my visor, but. No, it was. It yeah. was obviously. It's still a rocket. It? it was. It was a. It was a 2019 rocket, so it was obviously very sensitive and went off. Uh, cool. so uh, nice one. Yeah, that's good. It's one to watch out for. I. I definitely want to plug it as much as we can because it was amazing. What's the? Uh, is there an ETA? Not quarter one. is all they said. Right.
0: Okay. Probably wise. <laughs> they were saying. They were saying that
1: Sony's. Um, Sony's like due process just takes forever. So yeah, yeah they're just gonna wait on that, really.
2: Okay. I do. Nice. I do feel like a massive hypocrite after? like, asking for Call of Duty to go, like, boots on the ground. And Call of Duty going, yeah, we're doing boots on the ground. And then I play Boundary once, and I'm like, fuck the ground. I want space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Well, that sounds awesome. Uh, Sean, very quickly, you played it as well. Do you have any, like, closing thoughts on it? Uh, it's, it's amazing. Everything Greg said, um, absolutely correct. It's going to be one of these, if it can get in the hands of the right streamers, it'll be huge. Literally, it, it'll, like there's there's so much potential there even in the in the demo we played like i ended up playing alongside three school kids against a youtuber that was wearing a, a suit made entirely of money and jesus christ yeah yeah he was being filmed while i was playing and we all kind of agreed that we would just ignore the rest of the their other opposite team and just go after him because it might be funny. And <laughs> so, me and three three school kids all just after this one user, and it was something like EGX underscore user like three or whatever it was. And we were just like hammering down on him. So, yeah, it's fun times. Ah, oh, very proud of you. I, I, man, us content creators, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a boxing match with him.
1: Like, you snuck up behind him, shot him in the temple, and just went, like and subscribe.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can claim it if boundary comes out and is a huge success we can take credit for that.
1: Yep. Uh-huh.
0: Nice. If, How if we, is... sorry
2: go. On. If we get a code for it I'm never going to stream anything ever again. That will just be streaming that all the time.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Nice. I'd look forward to that.
0: Look I'm looking forward to playing it. I can't wait. You guys have really uh, sold me on it. Sounds pretty unique. Something quite different which is always a good thing. Talking of things that are different and always a good thing, let's talk about Bethesda.
1: Oh, are you saying that, like, ironically, because what they've done is not a good thing?
0: <laughs> ding, 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 <laughs> ding!
1: My sarcasm radar was going off the charts. I may have lost my voice, but not my sarcasm.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this week, in the week where Obsidian, who made Fallout New Vegas, released probably one of the best RPGs of the year, Bethesda, in The infinite wisdom, Decided to add a subscription service to the broken and boring and useless Fallout Seven Two Six.
1: I mean, let's not mince words because it is just a terrible game, isn't it?
0: It really is, unfortunately. And it doesn't matter what they add to it at this point; it's it's always going to be memed. But
1: it's 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 almost like game. it's almost like they they sat in the boardroom and went, "Guys, no one's playing our game. Should we add a subscription service?" And someone yay! went, "Somebody went, yay!" And then the intern ran out of the room and didn't realise that they were all laughing at the idea and has obviously gone to print with that and now they've gone, shit, we've got to double down on this now. <laughs> double down on dog shit. It's just, what a stupid idea.
0: This uh, premium membership is called Fallout First and it costs 11 99 a month or you can get a 12-month subscription for £100.
1: Why wanna, would you?
0: Just want to put that in context. That is more than Xbox Game Pass a year. Of-
1: oh, it's just so stupid. Also, fallout if you really first. if you really want to really want to carry on with the laughs before it gets taken down, go on the Fallout First site now. Like Fallout First is it fallout first.com? Yes. Yeah, as in first spelt, not one S T as in f F I R S T dot com. Someone's managed to get a hold, of, is it the domain rights before they put into yeah. it or something? Someone's got it before but they've, they've it. now secured the they've now secured the domain and god they've just um Fair play. I mean they've just said what we're all thinking. Yeah. They've just taken their page and just shit all over it private world scrap boxes and more coming to fallout 76 with the fallout fuck you first <laughs> <laughs> if you are curious about what
0: is in fallout first it includes a raft of features players of the online only fallout game have called for since launch such as private worlds with mod support to come later a scrap box for unlimited junk storage which is bugged and doesn't work a survival tent that creates a new placeable fast travel point sleeping bag and more 1650 atoms per month to use in the shop, and the Ranger armor outfit and exclusive icons and emotes. The Ranger armor outfit is lifted from Fallout New Vegas, which is just beautiful. But putting that that behind a paywall, yeah Smart. I I, I don't get it well, though. So like... is that the, uh, the private world lets you invite up to seven players of your friends into the game. They don't have to have the subscription, but only only you do if it's yours. But then your private world, you also play solo. So, if you want to play this multiplayer-focused Fallout 76 on your own, you have to pay a subscription. And Fallout 76 is still £60. So, gentlemen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I've said it rather childishly at the start, but what the fuck? Like, what? Who? Why? Why would anyone think that's a good idea? Like, if you want to play Fallout by yourself, go and play Fallout 3, 4, New Vegas, whatever. Why would you... Spend 60 quid get on an online game and go, you know what, I don't like people. And then pay more to play with yourself, by yourself. What yeah. doesn't make any sense? <laughs> I know, I just had a Freudian slip then, sorry. Um, why? Just, that's obscene. And then to, to be like, oh yeah, you can pay 100 quid if you want for a year. Who's going to put that much commitment into a year of playing Fallout 76 by themselves?
2: You know, someone, I mean, you know someone's. You know someone's mates. You know, you know someone's, know
1: someone's mate. Well, you know someone will. Yeah, but you know someone's mates are going to be like, yeah, yeah, mate, you pay for it, we'll pay you back. We'll, we'll chuck in ten pound. Nobody will. It's going to be one guy that's paid out hundred quid for a fallout first for himself for a year and be like, oh, I hate my friends. <laughs> just oh, stupid! It's it's stupid! Like they just committed seppuku. Basically, like they just come out on stage and gone. Do they remember Fallout seventy six to like a stunned silent? And who's playing it? And there's one guy in the back going, me. And he's just going to go, well. We've got subscription service, and everyone's gonna go, boo, and then they're gonna commit suicide on like sword to the gut, you know, like, bah. and then Obsidian's gonna come up from under the, the curtain and go, our world is out. Oh, this
2: just—it's is... oh. gonna be a round of applause from the one yeah. guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's one guy in the back going,
0: "I oh, live no, for it. I sick." I wonder if uh, do you remember the Bethesda E3 conference? And there was that one guy who was very over enthusiastic about. Oh, the I wasn't everything.
1: paid, but I wish I was. going.
0: Yeah. Do you think he's paid for his subscription?
1: He, oh, he, he probably. Super
0: excited. Sean, have you got a take on this? I bet you have.
2: I have. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, so, business wise, right? So, basically, it is a horrible service. What what they've done is basically kind of trying to rinse their most valuable customers who've already paid for the game. Customer. Yeah. Customer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the two guys are still playing it and now paying <laughs> £100 to play it. Um, it's just Todd Howard in the corner. I like it. <laughs> It's it's really bad because it basically targets the people that have stuck with the game the longest, the guys that have stuck with it and you know given them the feedback to try and make the game better. You know they they basically really taken the fire to them and you know the things that the people have asked for like the private you know servers. That's that's something they should be giving to the people that bought it on day one. You know not not new guys, but this is the move. So do you know how so many MMOs come out, they have, like, they are paid MMOs, they don't do as well as they probably should do, and then six months later, they're going free-to-play, you know, Wildstar, you've got, you know, Star Wars, The Old Republic, all these MMOs have done that. This is Bethesda's move before they do that. So, I give it six months before Fallout 76 is free-to-play, and it is full of fucking microtransactions. Yeah. This This is basically Bethesda's step between ah, shit, this is completely fucked, and Hey, it's it's free to play now, guys. It's super fixed. We've now put humans in the game. And um, we have Todd Howard, Howard apologizing on stage again at E3. It'll be fun.
0: <laughs> I mean, Forbes did a nice list uh, today of stuff, which is still currently wrong. I'm reading from the article here.
2: Quote, there are a few issues
0: cropping up here. Fallout 1st players are finding that a newly created world they might be heading into is not actually so new at all. Players are reporting dead NPCs and looted areas when they get there. Bear in mind, these are these private servers that these people have paid for. (laughs) Just instead, (laughs) reused old instances masquerading as brand new private worlds. The private, in in inverted commas, is up up for debate too. Players with big friend lists, i.e. merchants who sell players goods in the game, are finding that they can't prevent people from joining their private servers where they just want to relax and play by themselves or with a few friends. Without some sort of invisible mode,
2: other players can see your instance and join it. Great. End quote. So basically they are the used car salesman who just slapped the top of a, a second hand world and goes, Look guys <laughs> Thanks for your hundred pound, motherfucker. <laughs> you can get so much gameplay out of this. Slaps the hood. <laughs> take take it away for a hundred quid a year. <laughs> yes. Put it in H. Do, do you know Matilda? Yeah. The, the movie yeah it's,
1: yeah you know, the, the Danny DeVito of, um...
2: yeah this, this full out first is the Danny DeVito from Matilda of Game Services
1: <laughs> oh
0: man oh my more. god right this is also from the article uh, the scrap boxes quote multiple players are reporting that they have deposited hundreds of units of scrap into these new unlimited boxes only to find that the boxes deleted all of their scrap the scrap disappears from the instance and can't be found again from relogging or anything.
2: It's just gone. End quote. That, that's because that's because somebody else has walked into their second half <laughs> world and just said, uh, oh, fucking hell, this scrap box is full of shit. I'm taking it, man.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that was a Paul Tassi article on Forbes, by the way. Just want to credit people correctly. Nice. What did Bethesda do now? Uh, is there any way back for them and for, and for Fallout 76 at this point?
1: No. Okay, sure. I mean, no. I mean, like, well, unless they well like sure they're going to make it free to play with a big old incentive but <sighs> well, I mean that's just it's, it's just a feature that didn't need that wasn't warranted in a game that no one's playing no one's playing our 60 pound game hmm, they pay more for it, no
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's about, yeah. what it has done is made me get very excited for the Outer Worlds, I think this has sold Outer Worlds copies <laughs> it has to have been
2: yeah. uh, Sean? it's the most poorly thought out service I can possibly think of it was like they put all of their bad ideas in one pot and came up with this one thing. And I'm I'm really impressed that they that they even announced it. To be honest, <laughs> it's like a it's it's a car crash of a service that's picking on their their most loyal customers, the people that's that are still real. playing it. I genuinely like you know people say fuck Konami, but this is like this is next level stuff. This is this is like wow. Rather than you know just sending it free to play and saying hey guys, if you bought the game originally, here's some stuff to make up for it. Here's 60 quid's worth of atoms or whatever. They've they've just basically said, the stuff that you wanted, the stuff that we've been promising, pay for it. It's <laughs> just, <laughs> just like, what? Oh, oh and God. that stuff
0: that we've really promised, that major update, that's now coming out in October 2020. But uh, until then, have a £100 a year subscription for stuff that doesn't work.
2: Gen- genuinely um, is, is the most bizarre thing If you're one of the 76 players and you've used it, because I imagine there are a very small percentage of players that will get a lot out of this, because you know there are still players that are playing it every day. You know, there's a bar set up, like players have created a bar, aren't they? Just so that people people can come and socialise with each other in in the game. And the result to death. Drown their sorrows in atoms yeah. that they've now got for free <laughs> because of their ten pound subscription. Uh, all my scraps got in this fucking box. Give <laughs> me another beer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mess. But it, you know, for those guys who are getting the most out of it, you know, those guys are still playing sem- Fallout seventy six all this time later, more props to them. I I imagine they probably think it's a brilliant deal, but also they probably need to check for Stockholm syndrome. So. <laughs>
0: Oh Lord! Well, we shall see what happens. Um, the fallout of this. Ba-dum-tsh. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Very quickly, hey Sean. Yeah. Does Dead End Job have a release date yet? Yes, it does. No way.
2: It does. Totally. December thirteenth, isn't it? It is December thirteenth. Uh, it's already out on Apple Arcade. If you yes. haven't, if you have an Apple. Phone that will play Apple Arcade. You can go and play it now. But on December thirteenth, the game that me and Roscoe have literally waited most of our lives for will be releasing on the Xbox One, the PS4, and the Nintendo Switch. Yay! Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> Fantastic. I, 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 I told, um, I told Logan about this because uh, I don't know if we ever mentioned this in the podcast. But when, like last year, when I took um, Logan to EGX, he he stopped by Dead End Job. Eight times. Yeah, I'm gonna be saying. He basically spent most of his day flitting between Fortnite and Dead End Job. So I showed Logan that the game was coming out, and he was like, "Yes, yes, 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 can I have it?" <laughs> and I was like, "Tidy room." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've got this to hold over him now until December thirteenth, which is awesome. Well, well done,
0: um, Ant uh, Workshop and uh, Tony Goodland. Bravo! Glad you finally got there. God, it was turning into Jute Nukem forever. This bloody game, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> the thing is it, it was is. like it was so good so early on like th- there's not many games that you can play like three years before release and go yeah that's fucking great <laughs> isn't it like there's just not that many no. games and, and, and he did he, made, he managed to make a really freaking awesome concept that got us too excited too early on
0: i, f- I felt like it's it's been at egx as long as i've been going to egx
2: <laughs> it's like, I, I, I genuinely it's... i genuinely thought it like. I, EGX wasn't EGX without it anymore <laughs> this year. But Tony was yeah. there handing out stickers, and I didn't manage to catch him because I really wanted one for my laptop. But yeah, next time, Tony, next time. Nice. Um, all right then. Can, can we quickly mention about um, VR, VR Horizon? Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. Yes, there was a very ominous tweet coming around from at Multicalum who says this was recently made aware of a very exciting new PlayStation VR game coming out of London Studio. Not sure whether it'll be for PS4, PS5 or both, but it's really exciting. And an announcement could be on the horizon with a capital H. Mm. In the last 18 minutes, he has clarified his tweet going, wow, news outlets jumped on this pretty quickly. We're hoping to keep this tweet fun and vague, fun and vague with a capital H. But I know that devs hate when their stuff leaks, so I feel a tad bad. Allow me to clear out one thing. I did not see the game. I trust the person who told me about it. I, I, I apologise to anyone working on the game who upset about the leak. I did not expect anyone to see my tweet besides a few friends who are VR players. I do not have a large following and did not expect the coverage.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I look forward to the official reveal where everyone can see what the actual game is. So, it's a Horizon VR game, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool.
2: Uh, yeah, it's going to be, you know, bow and arrow probably. It's going to be like a first person...
1: It's going to be Link's, uh, Link's bow and arrow training, isn't it? All over again.
0: Uh, yeah, no, it's crossbow training.
1: Oh, Link's so crossbow good. trainer, that's it
2: Gen- Genuinely though, right, how, how the hell do we not have a PSVR sports game with like archery in it? How is that not a thing already?
1: The three people that got a PSVR can't be asked to get off the asses. Fuck you, I've got one <laughs> Paul's got one, where's the other guy? <laughs> <laughs> the other guy sold his, didn't he Ross? You can
0: blame uh, Star Wars Battlefront for that uh, So yeah, that is exciting And There's often nothing has been confirmed He stepped this back with three extra tweets
2: <laughs> on
0: top, <laughs> but so uh, yeah, it looks like there's a Horizon Zero Dawn VR experience coming at some point in the future from London Studio.
2: What's What's really weird about that is that I I'd heard something different from Sony London, but maybe that was Sony Manchester. But I can't say anything, so I'm not going to say anything. But I I I don't think that's from Sony London. I think that's from somewhere else.
0: Can you tell me about it after the pod?
2: Potentially.
0: Cool. Just give me just give me Horizon Zero Dawn 2. God, Sony, get on with it.
2: PS Five man, it's going to be a PS Five game, right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. At this point of this year, but that, that's very exciting. Right. Cool. Quiz answers. Let's do it.
2: Okay. Uh, question one: What color are Luigi's eyes, Roscoe? Blue. He does have blue eyes. Very well. well done. Uh, apart from in the CIC cartoon, where he has green eyes. Which <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they they totally they totally messed that up. Question two. Uh, which video game trilogy had games set in the fictional cities of Empire City and Numerays, and a third set in Seattle? Greg? Infamous. Infamous is correct. Well done. Uh, question three. In the game Earthbound, who do you have to call from any telephone in the game in order to save the game? Roscoe? Your dad, isn't it? It is the dad, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. piss. I put your mum.
2: Uh, that's, that's a shame. That's yeah. awkward, isn't it? <laughs> okay question four announced in may 2019 a new earthworm gym game will be launching next year exclusively on which console greg can you give me half the answer at least
1: uh the intellivision Bomberclot. clock i can't remember what the console is called jesus christ <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay it begins with an ah uh. does that help
1: the television ah uh, why are they making a console i don't know
2: <laughs> okay roscoe have you got the answer
1: the
0: intellivision amico very amico,
1: good. that's it. Yeah, because we were saying it that it sounded like amiibo, but it's not. Yes, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's been a week since EGX, and I've been dying. So,
0: fair enough, fair enough. Oh, um, gosh, should... so, much, so much Greg bias in this bloody quiz. <laughs>
2: right, according to the Guinness Book of Records, what is the most highly acclaimed game to release the Guinness, on the PlayStation? Guinness what Book, <laughs> <laughs> according to the Guinness Book of Records, what is The most highly acclaimed game to release on the PS2, Greg.
1: I put San Andreas, but I don't think that's the most critically acclaimed, is it? It's just the best sold.
2: Now, what is the best game from both GameCube and the PS2?
1: I know Resident Evil
2: Four. Resident Evil Four. What did you just say? Resident Evil.
1: I said Resident Evil Four. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you did. Yeah. Well done, sir. There's a drink on your drink chart, and uh, I got him to say it. (laughs) I'll (laughs) sleep after. Oh, I've been planning that for weeks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So the answer is Red and Evil Four. Yeah. Um, it had the the highest review average uh, with ninety five point eight five percent, which is awesome. Uh, question six: What was Minecraft called while it was in development, Roscoe? Uh, this is. Uh, was it Infinity Miner? No. Yeah, it was.
1: No. Infinity Miner. It was called Cave Story. No. What? Cave Story is a entirely different game. Nope. Cave- Cave Story is an RPG. Yeah, Cave
2: Story is an RPG. But before Minecraft released, it was called Cave Story.
1: Okay. Anyway, I got it wrong. So. <laughs> it wrong, so. what's the point of arguing? Apparently, I got it wrong
0: too, because 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 well, Sean got it wrong.
1: What? No. Cave Story was the the first
2: name that was designed for Minecraft. And that's what Notch was going to call it when he first designed it. Okay. Question seven: What's the name of the player-controlled character in the upcoming Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Greg. V. V. That is the correct answer. Question eight Axel Stone, Blaze Fielding, and Adam Hunter are all characters from which video game series? Roscoe? Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage. That's the correct answer. Uh, question nine What was the name of the very first game to be developed by Valve? Greg?
1: I'm taking a punt, but I feel like it's too obvious. Was it Half Life? It was Half Life, yeah. Oh, sweet. I, I oh. thought they might have some really obscure, like, like fucking Epic did with Jazz Jackrabbit and shit like that.
2: No, no, I was being a total dick by asking you a very obvious question. <laughs> yeah. Question 10 uh, Savage Starlight is a comic book that can be found lying around a which iconic video game? Roscoe? The Last of Us. That is correct. If you tot up your scores?
1: Oh, crap one for me this week.
2: Okay, let's start with Greg. Why would we just start with me? We six. Six. Okay,
0: Roscoe? Just trying to get my voice right so I don't sound smug. <laughs> oh dear. Oh man, it's my first
2: victory in like two months. That's fair enough. eight. Wow, that isn't bad at all. Wow, very well
1: done. Hey. takes you to 11
2: wins. that's that's oh, impressive. Yeah. Um if you can beat Roscoe, please let us know on Twitter and we shall invite you on so you can spank him live. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, and then we'll do a quiz. We. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. well, thank you very much indeed Sean Pleasure. As ever, yeah, do let us know how you got on, either on Twitter or any of the available options in the description below. Right, all that's left to say is What's Out This Week? And October 28th, we have Crisis on Switch, PS4 and Xbox One. I believe it's probably on, PSC, on PC as well, but I can't see it here. The 29th, Disney Classic Games, A Lazard and the Lion King is out next week. Oh, yes. Is it really? Yep.
2: Oh, God.
0: Yeah. thought it was going to be a cheap week. It won't be no it's, it's quite a busy day actually that one uh close to the sun the console version lands on ps4 xbox one and nintendo switch my review for that is going to be on nintendo life on that day hopefully october 29th also brings super monkey ball banana blitz hd if you're into that kind of thing that really but, isn't the best the best super monkey ball game i don't know why they're remastering this one but never mind
2: but they put in sonic in it so it's, it's they
0: have a sonic in it which makes it amazing the big one for us on the 29th after party lands on PC, PS4, and Xbox One, which is nice. very exciting. And also on Xbox Game Pass on day one. Oh, yeah. Lucky, lucky bastards. On the same yeah. day as the last in the Lion King. What the hell am I going to do? Switch gets Resident Evil 6 and Resident Evil 5 on October 29th. I've played those demos. They're not good. Don't buy them.
1: <laughs> well, Resident Evil 6 should have a big warning saying, don't fuck... I said it again. But, um, don't buy it again. Oh, fuck it. I've lost train of thought then, because I caught myself out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I completely forgot about it, so i Oh, shaking my fist going, Sarah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that game's sixth iteration, don't play anyway because it's fucking over.
0: Yeah, yeah, but the Switch one is particularly bad. Oh, dear. Very disappointing. Um, October 31st, Luigi's Mansion 3 lands on Nintendo Switch. And Tokyo Dark also comes out on Switch on the 31st, which I'm quite excited about, actually. looks a lot of fun. And Ghost Parade comes on Switch PS4 and it's one on the same day. Now, finally, there are delays of the week, and there has been quite a few delays this week. The Last of Us 2 has been pushed till May the 29th, just to make it all nice and shiny, along with Watch Dogs Legion, which I'm gutted about. I didn't think it was going to be delayed, but it has been delayed to a time that nobody knows. hasn't got any release date just yet. Shut up. Gods and, Gods and Monsters have, has also been delayed, and so has Rainbow Six Quarantine. So, we'll see them and, April, and- May, June-ish, I guess
1: weirdly, even though I have a release date, I'm sure I'd, I text you about it, was for some reason Ghost of Tsushima has been put back in the wake of The Last of Us. I yeah. mean, it didn't have an announcement, but it's been put back so that it doesn't interfere yeah. with The Last of Us too. The Last of Us was always going to come out first. They've got... the, la- the last comes first.
0: Uh, the first of us? <laughs> yeah, who knows. And also, uh, Two Point Hospital, the console versions have been delayed a little bit as well, which is a yeah. bit of a shame. But... They're worth waiting for. They can now come out next year instead of just before Christmas. And that's about it. So thank you very much indeed, everyone, for a a bumper podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. We'll see you next time on the Fingerguns podcast. It's goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. Goodbye from Mr. Greer Kicks. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Finger Guns podcast. <laughs>